on. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so, man, we're in the thick of the book of Jeremiah. And once again, Jeremiah is this prophet in Israel who's been called by God to prophesy to the southern kingdom of Judah. He's prophesying to them to tell them, Babylon is coming against you guys. Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, does not follow a tight literary structure. So what you're going to have is Jeremiah's best hits, right? All of his greatest prophecies that he was able to record have been meshed together to give you the book we're looking at. And so we come in chapter 25 and chapter 25 is this hinge point chapter for the book. Right. And so in 25, he's going to say, yo, 70 years. Right. That's it. It's been a wrap. I'm a, he's going to sum up everything he said up until this point. He's been saying the same things over and over. You guys have rebelled. And for 70 years, God is going to send you to Babylon. Now, what's amazing is in 605 B.C. is the first time that Babylon comes to the southern kingdom of Judah and they don't return back to the land, back to Israel. Until 536 B.C., right? That is literally 69 years. So literally to the day almost, (laughs) 70 years, that was fulfilled in Israel's history, right? And so what Jeremiah is going to say, bro, he's going to say, man, like it's been a long time coming, right? He's going to essentially say that you guys have been ignoring God's messengers, from all the way back in the day to Moses, right? And as we now read this, we know that they reject Jeremiah, but they're also going to reject Jesus, right? And all of God's servants and messengers wanted the same thing out of God's people, repentance, right? They wanted them to repent. And if they had repented, they would have been spared from judgment. And God says this through Jeremiah as well. He's like, yo, after I judge y'all, I'm going to judge Babylon too, right? And one of the things that we see here is that God is never impartial, right? He critiques both sides equally out of his standard of holiness and justice. And then he says, I will judge all the other corrupt nations as well, right? Throughout the rest of this chapters, he would tell us, yo, everybody else going to get it too. It's not, I'm going to start with Israel. But I'm going to finish with everybody else as well. Egypt, Uz, Edom, Moab, Tyre, Sidon, Arabia, Zimri, all of Israel's neighbors are going to drink the cup of God's wrath. Now, notice how at the end of this, he switches the metaphors, right? So in 2530, he's going to say the Lord roars from on high. He makes his voice heard from his holy dwelling. He roars loudly over his grazing land. He calls out with a shout like those who tread grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth so he's going to switch metaphors here he talked about the cup of god's wrath which we've talked about before um but now he's going to talk about roaring like a lion right and we'll see in the book of revelation later on in the bible that jesus is this lion jesus is the lion from the tribe of judah that we tend to think of as just a savior right the one who saves us from our sins but also those who want to stay in their sins he's a judge right He's a judge from the from the tribe of Judah. Right. That's one way we have to. That's one way I think uh, gets lost in our culture about Jesus. 
right? He's coming to judge the earth. And we see the impartiality of God's justice. Wherever there is rebellion, he is going to judge. And I think of a quote from Malcolm X, man, who says that, you know, um, man, I'm for truth no matter who tells it. And then he says, I'm for justice no matter who it is for or against. That is the way God is according to scripture. And he shows that in chapter 25, 26 comes. And in chapter 26, um, what many would say, uh, people would say, this is the second temple sermon. So remember in chapter seven, he's going to prophesy against the temple and the people that were working in the temple. And he's going to be like, yo, y'all are basically trusting in the religion instead of the God of the religion. Y'all are basically trusting in the building instead of the one who dwells in the building, right? And so he's gonna say this in verse six, I will make this temple like Shiloh. I will make this city an example for cursing for all the nations of the earth. Shiloh, if we remember in first Samuel was the place the sanctuary dwelt in the Ark of the Covenant in the times of David. And now God is saying, what I did then where I took that away, I'm gonna do it again, right? Because once again, you guys are trusting in a religion instead of the God of the religion, right? And so Jeremiah prophesies um, against the people and they're fed up, right? The prophets, the priests, the kings, everybody is fed up. And they're like, you must surely die, right? And this is language that is echoed all throughout Genesis 1 when God talks about eating from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And even the devil, Satan himself is going to say, you won't surely die, right? If they eat and they use the exact same phrase in Hebrew, this absolute language, right? And the people of God, once again, are, are persecuting, want to kill the prophets of God. And so Jeremiah says in verse 15, he says this, but know for certain that if you put me to death, <laughs> You will bring innocent blood on yourselves, right, on this city and on its residents. For it is certain the Lord has sent me to speak all these things directly to you. Man, we can't read this stuff without thinking about how Jeremiah's life points in his pattern after the life of Jesus. A righteous and faithful prophet who is zealous for his people comes into Jerusalem. Right. And it's Holy Week. Right. This is the last week. We, this is this is the week that Christians celebrate the last week of Jesus life leading up to his resurrection. As soon as Jesus, come, Jesus comes to Jerusalem, you know what he does? He preaches against the temple. Right. And that's what leads to his death. Right. So what doesn't happen to Jeremiah here happens to Jesus. Uh, what? 600 years later. And man, you know, they want Jeremiah dead. And one of the things that we're going to see here is that the false prophets are coming against the true prophet. And the thing I think Christians, man, especially in this age, we need to have an ear of discernment. We have to understand the accent of the serpent versus the word of the Lord. And by God's grace, Jeremiah is not going to die. Right. And so in 27 is going to come and he's going to perform this prophetic sign act. Um, where he's going to take a yoke and place it around his neck to symbolize the metaphorical rule and reign of Babylon um, that would come over the nations first and then over the people of God, like we kind of talked about. And Jeremiah is, again, once again, he's, he points to Jesus in that he's not just a prophet to Israel, but he's a prophet to the nations as well, where he's telling them to repent and you can come serve the God of Israel. But in other words, um, yeah, Jeremiah is going to speak the same the same lingo. He's like, yo. Nebuchadnezzar is Yahweh's servant, right? And you are to submit to him. He's coming to take you into, into captivity and submit to him 
because the power is in God's hand. He's controlling Nebuchadnezzar. Not, Nebuchadnezzar ain't really running nothing, right? So in other words, what this text is trying to tell us, guys, is that God is more sovereign and in control than our minds usually can comprehend. Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon comes to take Israel or Judah into captivity. And God is using Nebuchadnezzar himself as an instrument, as a puppet in his hands, right? And the false prophets in Israel, again, are outside. They, they out there. They out here. They like, they really out here telling folks not to serve the king of Babylon. And once again, God's people have to know who to listen to. It's so much disinformation and misinformation deliberately spoken in the name of Jesus today in the year of our Lord 2021 that we as Christians have to be discerning people or we will be led astray and one of the ways that we keep ourselves from being led astray is praying for the spirit's help and being immersed in the word in the revealed word of God Jeremiah 28 comes. Hananiah, this cat named Hananiah, publicly publicly comes in 28 and contradicts everything that Jeremiah said about, you know, the yoke of Babylon. And remember, this yoke language comes from Deuteronomy 28 and it's metaphorical or idiomatic uh, to speak of the rule of Babylon. It wasn't talking about physical iron yokes that was fulfilled, uh, you know, in the bringing of slaves to America or anything like that. It is idiomatic talking about Babylon, what was prophesied in Deuteronomy 28 is being fulfilled here or Jeremiah is saying that it's going to be fulfilled in his lifetime. Right. And so this guy Hananiah comes and he basically comes through and is like, yo, this is what God's really saying. I've broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will restore this place to all the articles of the Lord's temple that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took from here and transported to Babylon. So in other words, this false prophet comes. And basically, he tries to say that the exile will be two years instead of 70. Right. And he tries to say that the judgment um, that Yahweh had proclaimed uh, would be a lot shorter than what Jeremiah said. Right. And one of the things we see about a false prophet here is a false prophet always wants to soften the judgment of God. A false prophet always wants to soften the judgment of God. And by doing so. They tend to water down the gospel, right? They tend to water down the gospel, right? And Jeremiah responds to him and he says, yo, the prophets who preceded you and me, you and me from ancient times prophesied war, disaster and plague against many lands and great kingdoms. And as for the prophet who prophesies peace, he's talking about him, talking about uh, Hananiah. Only when the word of the prophet comes true will the prophet be recognized as one the Lord has truly sent. In other words, Jeremiah's like, fam, I'm not make I'm not I'm not saying anything new, right? I'm not pulling this out of thin air. I'm not reconstructing it in some odd way. I am in line with the great tradition of God's people. So in other words, false prophet, you are speaking against the history of our people and what they've said. Our message has been consistent, right? False prophets, as we have said before, go against real prophets. But one of the things they do is they proclaim peace, right? When there is none, right? This is not a time of peace for the people of God. And one of they think one of the things that they are doing is providing false assurance. Hananiah is going to break the yoke around Jeremiah's neck, and Yahweh, because he prophesied against his true prophet, puts Hananiah 
to death. Right. And so the word of a prophet. Yeah. That doesn't come true. It shows that you are not truly speaking for God. Right. And we see here that judgment comes on Hananiah's head way before it even came on the people of God's head. And so one of the things, man, I just want us to be clear about is that we have to be able to discern the word of the Lord. Any word that's telling us to repent for our idolatry should be heeded to. And any word that says that we are okay in our idolatry or our sin or our rebellion or that God does not have wrath is one that should be rejected. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would give us uh, minds to understand, eyes to see, and ears to hear, Lord. Uh, help us to understand your word. Help us to distinguish between true prophecy and false prophecy. What you have said.